Hey guys, there's five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight. Tension of Hong Kong and me, there's a letter. 
name's Isaiah. My name's Liv. And we're your guys' service host for tonight. So go ahead and find your seats, everybody. Find your seats. We're going to start off with some announcements. And to start off our announcements, everyone go ahead and take out your phones real quick. Go ahead and take out your phones. Take out your phone. Three, two, one. All right, cool. Now take off, or turn off your airdrop and also follow our Instagram at bridgeYTH underscore. We got Instagram and we got TikTok, so follow both while you're at it. Super awesome. We got a bunch of cool content. And yeah, we'd love to see you follow going for the blue check mark. Actually, I think you can pay for the blue check mark now. You do pay. Like so 10 bucks a month, bro. We, we ain't paying. We get it legit. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, we got service takeover this Sunday. So pull up. We'll be at 1130 in the main sanctuary. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. Next up, y'all. We got the best week of summer coming up. We got summer camp. That's right. So guys, if you guys have not signed up, you gotta do it ASAP. Because here's the thing, it's not, oh, is summer camp gonna sell out? It's when is summer camp gonna sell out? So if you're not quick enough, you're not gonna make it, you're gonna have FOMO and you're gonna be really bummed. So be sure to sign up as soon as possible. Let me do it tonight if you can. It's gonna be Monday, July 17th to Thursday, July 20th. So do it ASAP if you guys don't wanna miss out. It is the best week of summer by far. You don't want to miss it. And hey, next week we don't have youth. Everybody say, aww. Aww, But bro, guess what you can do? You can serve at summer camp. We have our kids day camp next week. So hey, if you want to serve, just hit Corey and Amber up after service. And we would love to plug you in. It's going to be a great week. It's gonna be so fun. You don't want to be super awesome. I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. If you guys volunteer or if you have before, you guys already know how great it is. So definitely do it if you uh, if you can. Next up, guys, if you guys have any tithes or offerings, definitely no pressure to give. But if you do want to, we got a bucket in the back by the double doors. Or if you guys don't have that physical cash, you guys can give online. Um, just make sure you select youth when you guys are giving. And hey, here at Bridge Youth, we love meeting new people. So hey, everybody, stand up. Stand up. Get to your feet. What is the best dinosaur? T-Rex or pterodactyl? Pterodactyls! Bro, you know how to spell pterodactyl? It's with a P, bro. Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl.
seats, find your seats, find your seats. All right, so what did everybody say? T-Rex or pterodactyl? Pterodactyl, okay. I, hey, hey, I'm a classic guy. I'll probably go with a T-Rex, right? I mean, how could you not? Hey, what we're about to do right now is that we're about to jump into the message. Pastor Corey, can I just tell you, has an amazing message for y'all tonight that you guys do not want to miss, uh, to miss out on. Somebody say, don't miss out. Hey, uh, there's a story in the Bible that this reminds me of. And this story involves two sisters. Someone say two. There's one sister who was distracted and there was another sister who was in the moment. And the crazy part about this story is that Jesus is in the room with both sisters and they both make the decision on their own. One was distracted by everything going on around them, what they had to do, what their life was about, everything that was going on, they were distracted by. But the other sister was in the moment and she sat next to Jesus and she listened to Jesus and she, and she talked to Jesus. And the thing that we have to do even before the message is that we have to make the decision off the bat, which one we're gonna be. Are we gonna be distracted by everything going on in our life? Distracted by what our friends are doing in the room? Distracted by the row ahead of us or the row behind us? Or are we gonna be in the moment tonight? Because can I just let you know, whether you know this or not, that Jesus is gonna show up tonight. And there is nothing that we can do about it because it's gonna happen. But the thing that we can control is whether we're gonna be distracted or if we're gonna have an encounter with Jesus. And only we can make that decision because this can be the light, tonight can be the night that changes everything. Tonight can be the night that transforms your life for the rest of all of eternity. But we have to make the decision beforehand whether or not God's gonna transform our lives. Because if we're distracted by everything, we're gonna miss out. But if we're in the moment, If we wanna have a real encounter with Jesus, it's gonna happen. Why? Because God is faithful. And if we seek after him, he is ultimately going to reveal himself to us, amen? Hey, if you want Jesus to change your life tonight, make some noise right where you're at. Hey, before we move on, I'm gonna be having one of our amazing students, Emma Cole, come on up to pray for us right before our message. Bow your heads with me, Lord. I thank you for bringing us all here tonight together. I pray that you fill Pastor Corey with the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak your word and your truth tonight, Jesus. And I just pray that every single person here tonight knows that they are loved and cared for by the creator of the universe, you, Lord. And we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, so please, like I said before, do not distract anybody. Save going to the bathroom until the end of service. We can all hold it. We're all, we're all adults. We're all grown. Let's have a great night.
What's up, Bridge Youth? How are we doing tonight? Hey, if you got a Bible, open your Bible to John chapter 14. John in chapter 14. Tonight, um, I really do think like Wyatt was saying a moment ago, I think that tonight's going to be a special and unique night. And really, I just want to prep you right now. So look at your neighbor say, get ready. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell him, y'all ready for this? I mean business tonight, y'all. I want y'all, I'm, I'm in jorts, okay? I mean business in these jorts. I'm all like free and ready for activities and stuff. Shoot. Um, tonight, everything is really going to culminate in one moment. A moment that we're going to have at the end of this message as we move into worship. And I believe it's going to be a unique encounter. And I just want everybody in the room right now to begin preparing their hearts for that moment. So uh, tonight we are continuing in our series entitled Essentials. Everybody say Essentials. This is a deep dive into the fundamental things of our faith. One of the fundamental things of our faith is taking time to invest into the next generation. So if you're not helping at kids camp, if you're not signed up to volunteer, you should totally do it. Like, not even because, like, we need the help. No, we're good. Like, we are good. But it's such a great opportunity for you guys. As Can I tell you, our kids, they think you as teenagers are, like, the coolest people in the whole world. And it's just an awesome time. It's not a, it's not a long time. Kids camp is 930 to 1230. We would get here a little bit early. We stay just a little bit after that. And it's an awesome time of investing into these kiddos. So if you want to serve at kids camp, you can sign up online or just go talk to Pastor Amber, my wife, right after service. She'll get you plugged in. Another essential is setting aside times to encounter God. And one of the best places and spaces you could do that is at summer camp. Who's been to summer camp? Those people already know. This is the same camp. This is the same camp that I got called into ministry at. It's a special place. It's an awesome place. Our speaker is our same speaker from youth convention, Reggie Dabbs, who was amazing. I promise you don't want to miss it. And he might play saxophone. He'll probably play, play saxophone. And it is so sick. So you don't want to miss summer camp. But tonight, we're digging into the third week of this series entitled Essentials. Hey, can everybody give it up for Wyatt and his uh, message from last week? week. Dude, that was a great message. I love that message. Um, in this series, we want to equip you guys with an understanding of the essential foundational things of faith. And tonight, somebody say tonight. Somebody say tonight. That was pretty good. One more time. Somebody say tonight. I could be a choir director. There's up there you ever direct a choir, Jordan? They're just moving, moving their hand. What's a little, what's a little pointer thing that they have in their hand? It's a baton? That is a sorry excuse for a baton. That looks like a, that was like Voldemort's wand up there. <laughs> Tonight we're gonna talk about one of the things that I feel like the church and Christians had just made a little confusing, a little bit mystic, mysterious, and honestly, just a little bit weird. Look at your neighbor say, don't be weird. There's enough weird Christians. And I don't know why people have made this, this piece of our faith so confusing. But tonight, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. 
back in the day, the old Pentecostals were called the Holy Ghost. And then they realized, like, you know, young people would be like, I don't mess with ghosts. So it's like, well, you know, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is probably the more pure translation. Tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So obviously, like, the very first question that you would probably be asking, especially if you're new to church, which, by the way, if you are brand new, maybe you've never been to our church before. Maybe you've never been to church before. We just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for spending some Like, you're in summer, and you could be going and doing anything anywhere. And you're here spending some of your time with us. We think that's so, so cool. And we just want to honor that. We like welcoming our guests by saying we're here to build you up, not? Yeah, we love you. We back you. We're stoked that you're here. And, and if you are, whether you're newer to church, newer to faith, newer to Christianity, or you've been kind of around this for a little while, obviously the first question when we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit is, what is it? What is the Holy Spirit? And first and foremost, I, I want to just let you know the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a who. So then who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a something, but a someone. And scripture describes the Holy Spirit as our helper, our comforter, describes the Holy Spirit as a gift and a giver. The Holy Spirit calls, uh, uh, the, the scripture calls the Holy Spirit our counselor and our consoler calls uh, the Holy Spirit our advocate, our teacher, and our guide. That's what the Holy Spirit is, and we're going to be digging into that tonight. Let's play a quick game of, uh, of would you rather, a sort of this or that. Um, all right, uh, hand in the air for option number one, hands down for option number two. Uh, would you rather Chick-fil-A or Kings? <clears throat> That's the right answer. That is, there is a right and wrong answer here. Okay, well, put the hands down for Chick-fil-A. Hand up if you're saying Cane's. What, your taste buds don't work. I like Cane's, don't get me wrong. Here, hey, here, here's the God honest take on Cane's. Without the sauce, it ain't nothing. All right. Chick-fil-A sandwich, eat it by itself, it's still bomb. Be dry as heck, but it's still bomb. All right, um, how about this? Uh, hands up for In-N-Out, hands down for Five Guys. That's like without saying. All right. But here's what I will say. Five Guys fries are superior to In-N-Out's fries. That's for sure. That's for sure. But still, In-N-Out over Five Guys. All right. Would you rather Marvel or DC? Easy. Easy, bro. Wait, okay, hands down, hands down. Anybody saying DC? All right. I'm going I'm to I'm leave it. I'm going to leave it. That's cool. It's cool. I'm going to leave it. Batman's dope. V for Vendetta. That's a great movie. All right. Um, okay. Summer or winter? Summer, baby. Where's the winter people at? Let me see your hands, winter people. No. No. I want 365 Sundays, and I'm not talking about the day after Saturday. I want to golf, ride my motorcycle, surf, surf, surf some more. Go in a swimming pool, be outdoors, play spike ball at the park. I want all of that. All right, um, beach or mountains? Hands up for beach, hands down for mountain. Beach all the way. All right, so, I, I mean, I guess this is just almost rhetorical, but, like, surf or snowboard? Surf, baby. Where's the hands for snowboard? Where's the snowboarders at? Yeah, rip the gnar, dude. <laughs> um, uh, here's, here's a good one. This one's, this one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. Uh, hands up for coffee, hands down for boba. Well, boba don't do nothing for me. 
I drank a cold brew a few hours ago. I am jacked, bro. I am jacked. Got the Holy Spirit and cold brew feeling me right now. All right. This one will, uh, this one will determine whether or not I love you and potentially kick you out of the church. Hands up for dogs, hands down for cats. Where's the, all right, hands down. This is your one chance. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime, yo. Put your hands up if you're a cat person. What's wrong with you? Be honest, cat people. Those of you just raise your hand, cat people. Do you hit people with the, the people who are like, I hate cats, like me. I hate cats. I told my wife when we got married, two things. No cold, no cats. That's it. Those are my two bugaboos. Anything else, we're good. No cold, no cats. We will never move somewhere where it snows. You will never own a cat. She said, but I am, what about my cat, Mau Mau? I said, Mau Mau is going to die before we get married. And he was, me and Mau Mau, we didn't. He's like, you like Mau Mau? I, said, I did not like Mau Mau. I hated Mau Mau. I didn't like Mau Mau, and Mau Mau didn't like, yeah, the cat's name was Mau Mau. Everybody say Mau Mau. I said, I didn't like Mau Mau. Mau Mau didn't like me. Me and Mau Mau both loved you. We had common ground, okay? We had an agreement and an understanding, me and that demon. And then Mau Mau went to kitty heaven. <laughs> Uh, this or that. Um, I always thought about this question. What would you rather? Would you rather have Jesus in the flesh right in front of you? Like you could sit down for coffee with him, talk to him, hear his voice, hug him, high five him, make up a secret handshake with him. All of that, like li literally right in front of you. Would you rather have that or would you rather have the Holy Spirit as we have him right now. Like, I don't know about you, but like, isn't your instinct like, I want Jesus. <laughs> like, I want Jesus. Like, raise your hand if you would rather have Jesus right here, right now in front of you. You can hear him and talk to him. It's like, like, right? You want to know what's so crazy when it comes to the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, hey, guys, to his disciples, he said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. I'm going to ascend to heaven. And the disciples are like, no, like, no, don't leave us. What are you talking about? He's like, and Jesus says, no, it's actually better that I go because if I go, then I can send you the Holy Spirit. But if I don't go, then I can't send you the Holy Spirit. And to me, I'm like, but I'd rather have you. But Jesus, knowing better than we know, says, actually, the Holy Spirit is better, which makes me think that the Holy Spirit must be pretty Awesome. Here's your sermon in a sentence if you're taking notes. Your sermon in a sentence is coming at you uh, in form of a quote from our lead pastor, something he likes to say all the time. Pastor Gary Martin says this constantly. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us, for us, and through us. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us, for us, and through us. And tech team, my countdown clock is not there. It is the Apple background with a mountain. And if you don't put some up, oh, there it is. Uh, you better fast forward that or something, bro, because we'll be, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We'll be here all night. John chapter 14, verse number 15 to 17. We're going to dig into that. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us, for us, and through us, in our hearts, in our life, for us, on our behalf, in this world, and through us, using us to advance his kingdom. Somebody say amen. Holy Ghost. All right. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? John chapter 14, verse number 
15 to 17. Three verses. Here we go. Here's what it says. It says, if you love me, somebody say love. Somebody say love. There we go. If you love me, this is Jesus talking, uh, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate. Everybody say advocate. Don't forget that word. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. Let's pray. God, you're so good. Would you speak to us tonight? God, thank you that my wife's super hot and not ugly. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Grab a seat. Have you ever had a moment? <laughs> Have you ever, like, are you a youth pastor if you don't just, like, rep how hot your wife is? You're like, your youth pastor credentials will get stripped from you if you don't pray for your football team and explain how hot your wife is. Um, have you ever had a moment of utter confusion in your life where you just like paused and said, what is going on? Let me rephrase that. Have you ever been a female in junior high? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, let me rephrase that. Have you ever been a junior high boy hanging around junior high girls? <laughs> just utter confusion. Really quick, this or that. Who's more confusing, guys or girls? I just split the room into a complete civil war. Who thinks... Who thinks guys are more confusing? Who thinks girls are more confusing? Yeah, there you go. Speaks for itself. There's girls raising their hands right now. There's girls that are like, I don't even understand me. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm a different person before and after I've eaten. <laughs> you have me before I eat, after I eat. I'm a different person. Um, I had this really confusing moment. Um, my family was kind of crazy, kind of wild. We were pranksters. We had a lot of fun growing up. Uh, and, and I had this really confusing moment where I was kind of like pulling a prank on my mom. I was messing with my mom. I was a total mama's boy. Um, she, we, were like, we were in her room watching a movie. She was sitting on a chair in the corner. And I was kind of sitting on the floor. And I was uh, going to get up and, and walk out of the room. And I thought it would be funny before I go to like get up, but like smack her in the leg and then run, you know? Like not hard or anything, but just like just a little <laughs> like leave. And I knew she was too lazy to get up out of the chair. So like I smacked her once and I jumped away. She's like, Corey, stop it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, wait, and I smacked her again and I kind of just jolted away. And, and then I thought it was funny, so I just kept doing it. And then it stopped being funny for her, which made it more funny for me. <laughs> the more I smacked her, the more irritated she got. And she's not <laughs> smacked. Everybody say smacked. The more I smacked her leg, the more irritated she got, which just made it more and more funny for me. And so finally, I, I, I smack her, and I hop away as she's trying to grab me, you know. And she looks me dead in the face, and she goes, Corey, do it again and see what happens. Um, to all the gentlemen in the room, if any woman ever tells you, do it again and see what happens, for the love of God and if you value your life, do not do it again. Like, it could be your mom, your little sister, your big sister, your cousin, your aunt, your grandma. It could be your great-grandma. It could be your great-great-great-grandma. It could be your great-great-great-great-great-grandma who can't even walk. If she says, "Don't do it again and see what happens, do not do it again. Guess what I did? Did it again, of course. <laughs> I smack her in the leg, 
and I go to run. I had, I had formulated an entire plan already. Imagine like this is sort of the door and like this is like how open the door is. In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna smack her in the leg, I'm gonna turn and run, I will kinda like slide out the door, I'll run up the hallway, I'll hit the front door, I'll run the, uh, down the stairs of our two bedroom apartment, I'll hop in my parents' car, I'll head down to the southern border, I'll hop the border, I'll change my name, live under a different alias down in Mexico, and then I'll re-come back into the States 10 years later under a different name, which is what I did. My name's not even Corey. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Someone in the room said, oh my gosh, who are you? The plan didn't go according to plan. I smacked my mom in the leg. I went to run. And as I, I wish I was wearing jorts for this. Like I wish that I was actually wearing jorts then because I would have got away. I'd have been too quick. I would have been, not in Nosuke, who the dude from Demon Slayer is like super fast. What's his name? Anyways. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you to my man in, the, in your Yasha shirt down front. I went to, I, I, should, I could have been in the jorts in that school, wah, and like Jet and everybody who's not a nerd is like completely tuning me out right now. Where's all the anime nerds at? Where are you at? You are my people. Everybody else, get your stuff together. I went to run. <laughs> As I went to run, my mom decides Apparently, after having taken, like, taekwondo classes at night when I didn't even know, decides that she was going to foot-sweep me. (laughs) She foot-sweeps me, and I, whim, am going down. After having foot-swept me, she foot-sweeps me. I'm getting dizzy. She gets up. She grabs the door and closes the door. Not so I couldn't get out because here was the problem. As she foot swept me, I'm going down. And she closes the door on my head. Have you ever been hit in the ear and your ear's like hot? You know, like you're like, my ear's gonna fall off. Like my ear's hot. She didn't just close the door on my head. She's holding the door on my head. I want you to get the picture. My, I want you to get the picture. My head, I had cold brew. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm hyped, bro. My head is out of the room. My body's in the room. My mom is holding the door on my head. And I'm just like, "Ah! Mom, open the door. What are you doing, Mom? What are you doing, Mom? What are you doing, Mom? I start like, I start threatening her. I'm like, Mom, I will call Child Protective Services. I don't know what CPS was. I didn't know. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't didn't even know if we had a house phone. I didn't know I could call child protective services. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. My ear's about to fall off. Um, I thought I was dying. When in the midst of my crazy, chaotic madness, I hear my mom's still small voice back in the corner of the room where her chair was when she said, Corey? It's really hard to like pretend you're sitting down. She said, Corey, I'm not touching you. You're confused. I was very confused. I smacked my mom. I turned to run. She foot swept me. I was falling. She never got out of the chair. She was still sitting down. But as I was falling, I put my hands out to catch me. And I grabbed the door on my own and closed the door onto my head. Because I was falling forward, all of my weight is leaning forward, and my hand is the only thing holding me up, which is on the other side of the door. I was holding the door on my own head. 
I let go of the door. I fell. I hit the floor. I ran up the hallway. I went to this other border. I changed my name, okay? I was so confused. Look at your neighbor say, he was confused. I was so confused. Have you ever had a moment of, like, utter confusion? You're like, what is going on? Tonight, if there's anything that I want to do in this message about the Holy Spirit is I want to remove all confusion. I don't know why, for the longest time, Christians and pastors and preachers have brought so much confusion and mysticism and, 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 and made it so complicated. Tonight, I want to attempt to remove all the confusion, make it simple as we talk about the Holy Spirit. So let's answer this question. We can answer many questions. Let's answer this one tonight. What does the Holy Spirit do? Three things. Number one, empowers. Somebody say empowers. I'm sweating up here, bro. I was doing the kicks and the runs. And the, not that I had the runs, but I'm, anyways. Empowers. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit empowers us. It empowers us. The Holy Spirit, if like, like what, what, propel, what propels a, a sailboat forward? Wind, right? So like if the wind is what propel, propels a sailboat forward, then we, like the Christian's wind, would be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is what propels us forward. The Holy Spirit is what is like the wind in the sails of our faith and our life. That is what the Holy, and, and not so ironically, in the Old Testament, when it speaks of God's Spirit, the word for Spirit is the same word used for wind or breath. It's like the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is compared to like the breath of God or the wind of God. Also, not so ironically, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit uh, came uh, to the disciples, it says it came like a mighty rushing wind. So if you feel stagnant in your faith, if you feel stuck in your faith, you feel like you're not moving forward. Maybe you feel like how I felt when I was just there holding a door on my own head going nowhere. What you need is the Holy Spirit. You don't need more religious acts. You don't need to like, just read my Bible more. Yes, read your Bible more. Go to church more. Yes, go to church more. But without the Holy Spirit speaking to you through scripture, it's just a book. Without the Holy Spirit showing up at church, this is just a hangout. And we are not interested in just hanging out. If this is just a hangout, then I am a 34-year-old dude who just hangs out with teenagers, and that's weird. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit is here, it's all of a sudden not about me. It's not even about you. It's about what he wants to come and do. And that rhymed, and I didn't even try. Poet, and you didn't even know it. It's the cold brew and the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's a little bit of the jorts. I don't know. Thanks, Noah. Noah got these. Noah Southall got me these for my birthday. I have not stopped wearing them since I got them. Like, if a sailboat propels forward with wind, we propel forward with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and verse 8 says, you, look at your neighbor, say you. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, say you. Boom, boom. You will receive power. Somebody say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Here's the thing. We, you and me, people, we struggle to do natural things. Anybody else like get to the end of your week and you just are like, I did not have enough time in this week to do all the things that I needed to do. You know, like when you get to the end of your night and you like, have, I know, I don't want, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about school and homework and you're on summer vacation. I'm sorry. You like get to the end of your night and you're like, dude, I, 
I did not have enough time to do all the homework that was given to me. First off, y'all schools give you so much homework. Like, I talked to some of our students. Like, I'm like, how much homework you got tonight? It's like, probably four hours or something. I'm like, what do they keep you at school for seven hours for if they're just going to give you another four hours of homework? Like, make that make sense. I don't know. It's like, what if a job, like you went to your job for eight hours and then they made you go home and work more, but you didn't get paid for it? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it'd be kind of like ministry. You know why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so so <laughs> anybody else get to the end of their day and you're like, I just didn't have enough time in my day. Anybody else like set goals for yourself, like a New Year's resolution, and you just don't hit it? You don't make it? Like we struggle to do natural things. How in the world would we ever in our own strength accomplish supernatural things. Our only hope of doing anything of eternal value is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit empowering us. See, this is what blows my mind. There are, there are so many Christians who are saved, but they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's so many Christians who've received salvation. And I think that, like, I don't know. I think maybe the devil has lied to some of y'all and convinced you that the hottest commodity in the kingdom is salvation. Like, once you've been saved, yes, you're not going to hell with Amber's cat. Instead, you're going to go to heaven. And that's it. That's all. But I think, I think there's more. Look at your neighbor say, there's more. And I think the encounter we'll have in just a few minutes can be the thing that opens the door to that more. It's called the Holy Spirit. And there's so many Christians. It's a tragedy how many Christians go through life not empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They aren't working under the power of the Holy Spirit. So then if they're not working under the power of the Holy Spirit, whose power and whose strength are they working in? Just their own. Here's why this is essential. We're in a series called Essentials. Here's why this is, in, this is essential. There are actually Christians out there who believe that the Holy Spirit really doesn't work in the lives of believers anymore. They believe that miracles, uh, 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 the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of that, it actually died with the apostles. If you don't know who the apostles are, they were the, the people in the first century who Jesus, a lot of them were his disciples, and then they spread the gospel throughout the world in the early first century. And then once they died, the whole, they believed the whole point of the Holy Spirit and the gifts and miracles was to um, propel the gospel forward only for that time. And then once they died, so did miracles. So to get, so these are people who, think about that, no miracles? So what happens when, I don't know, like you need a miracle. There's a family member who's, got, who's in the hospital who needs God to show up and heal them. They're, these are Christians who would be like, well, God just doesn't do that anymore. But scripture says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So how could they possibly get to this place? Which is why this is so essential. Which is why right now, at your young age, at, at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, however old you are, that you learn this now. The Holy Spirit is still alive at work and empowering believers to advance his kingdom. Miracles are not something for the past. God is still in the miracle working business and he wants to include you in on what it is that he's doing on the earth right now. And he does that through empowering you with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. That is truly what I believe. I mean, here's one of the greatest examples, Peter. Peter is one of my favorite of all the, the disciples of Jesus. Um, he talked way too much. He was wild. He was crazy. He had the craziest, coolest ideas. That was Peter. He reminds me of me. 
And Peter has these two totally like polar opposite moments in his story. He has these totally polar opposite uh, parts of his testimony. One is pre-Holy Spirit. The other is post-Holy Spirit. But both are post-Jesus. So the first one is right when Jesus is being arrested, captured, and they're getting ready to crucify Jesus. Peter, having hung out with Jesus for three and a half years, already professed Jesus as his Lord and his Savior and the Messiah. In the face of a bunch of random people, Peter denies even knowing Jesus. He says, I don't know the guy. I'm not, I don't know who he is. Here's how cowardly he was. Here's how cowardly he was. There's a little, like, 12-year-old girl around a bonfire who goes, I saw you with Jesus. I know you. You're one of the disciples. And Peter cusses out a 12-year-old girl around a bonfire because he's so scared that they're going to capture him and do to him what they're doing to Jesus. Now, let's go to post-Acts 2. Peter has received the Holy Spirit in what was called the upper room. This is a, a legendary place in our faith. The Holy Spirit's poured out for the first time on, on the disciples, the followers of Jesus. And Peter goes from the upper room. He marches outside, and he stands in front of thousands of people, many of which are the same people who could do to him what they did to Jesus. This is only a few weeks later. And in front of all those people, with courage and boldness, Peter preaches the gospel, and thousands of people get saved that day. Polar opposite. He goes from cussing out a little girl to preaching the gospel with boldness, caring not for even his own life, saying, I know God's going to take care of me. I need to preach the gospel. Ain't nobody going to stop me. What was the difference maker? The difference maker was the Holy Spirit. Do you find yourself kind of stuck in your faith? Like you're saved. You know the Lord. You love the Lord. You read scripture. You love the Bible. You're digging into it. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but you, you're like, you're pursuing God. But it seems like God's not really using you much in your life. And it even seems like there's moments where you want to step out. Like maybe you're at school and you see somebody. You see, like last night, we, we, we went to the concert. Me and my wife Amber went to a concert with the Duns and uh, with, with Danny and Laura Dunn. And there was a lady in front of us at this concert. And it was a God moment. And we just stepped into it. Like uh, more so Amber, Amber and Laura uh, stepped into that moment. Started talking to this lady. And like, she started crying. I was supposed to sit next to you guys. This is a God moment. Like, yes, you know. Like, have you had those moments in front front of you and you go, no, 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 can't do it. Have you had those moments where like you're at Starbucks and you feel like God's going, hey, won't you just walk over to that person and tell them, I don't know, hey, it's going to be okay. I don't really know what that means to you, but I just feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you it's going to be okay. Okay, enjoy your coffee. I'm out. And you're like walking up and you go, no, no, can't do it. They're going to think I'm weird. <laughs> you ever, you ever on social media and and you see a friend post about something, and you know, just go in the comments and just tell them, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And then you open the comments, and you start typing it, and you're like, no, 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 you delete it. And it seems like there's so much fear and hesitation and timidity in you. Well, Scripture says that God, the Spirit of God, does not give us a spirit of fear and timidity. He gives us a, a, spear, a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So maybe you're saved, but you're not empowered. What's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does? He empowers us. To do what? To do the things he's called us to do. He's empowered us to encourage and empower others. He's empowered us to, to have strength to withstand life's storms. 
He's empowered us to defeat depression and not the other way around. He's empowered us to carry his light through the darkest seasons of life. What does the Holy Spirit do? He empowers us. Let me ask you this question. You might want to write this down. What does the Holy Spirit want to empower you to do? What does the Holy Spirit want to empower you to do? Point number two, what else does the Holy Spirit do? He convicts us. Convicts. Somebody say convicts. This will be your favorite part of the message. I know it. (laughs) Um, There's a scripture in in John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. This is where Jesus says, it's actually better that I go. He says, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and the coming judgment. So let's talk about conviction for a moment because conviction is very different than this other thing that we often experience called condemnation. Everybody say conviction. Say condemnation. While initially these things can elicit and solicit uh, similar emotions, they couldn't be more polar opposite. Here's what conviction is. Imagine you are drowning in the middle of the ocean. What do you do? You scream for the lifeguard, right? And as the lifeguard jumps in the water and begins swimming towards you, do you wait for the lifeguard to get to you? No, you swim towards the lifeguard. That's conviction. Conviction is when the Holy Spirit gently, like the gentleman that he is, comes and just nudges your heart and goes, hey, that's not for you. And you go, oh, why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't do that. Jesus, I need you to save me. And you go towards the Savior. Here's condemnation, one that probably much more of us will be familiar with. I did this thing that I know I shouldn't have done. I looked at that thing. I went to that place. I, I, I drank that stuff. I, I, I did those, what, those drugs, whatever. Oh, my gosh. I'm so messed up. I'm so unworthy. God could never love me. Oh, I, I pray every single night before I go to bed, but not tonight because I just did this or that. And, and, if, and if I pray, dude, I'm such a hypocrite. I can't, God wouldn't even hear my prayers right now. That's condemnation. You know, condemnation is when, when you've done something in the week and then you come to Bridge Youth and you're at the altar for a moment of worship and you look around and everybody else is raising their hands and having a moment with God and you go, man, like these hands are going in the pockets of these beautiful jorts. Because if I lift my hands, man, I'm such a scumbag because I'm, you know what I did this week? That's condemnation. You know, the Holy Spirit never condemns. In fact, right after the most famous verse in Scripture, John 3.16 and John 3.17, it talks about how Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts, and conviction will always lead you towards Jesus, not away from him. Isn't it funny how when we sin, like you sin and then you go, I'm just going to keep running from God. That's condemnation. Don't do that. Conviction will lead you towards Jesus, not away from him. That's why the Holy Spirit, that's why the Holy Spirit convicts us. It's the I'm drowning and I'm going to swim towards you, lifeguard, because I need you and I realize that I need you. Here's how I pray a lot of times. Anybody else get super distracted super easy? Anybody else ever have a doctor tell you, you have this thing called ADHD, And you go, really? I don't even know what an HD is. I got 80 of them? That's crazy. (laughs) 
So a lot of times, a lot of times, um, it's actually pretty hard for me to pray for long periods of time. Every Thursday, the pastors and the staff and the interns here at the church, we go into the auditorium from 1 to 1.30. We pray for a half an hour uh, for our Sunday morning services. And a lot of times, like, I could feel my mind wandering, and I drift off, and I'm like, dude, like this, is it hard for anybody else to pray for long periods of time, or am I just like the only one in these jorts? <laughs> like, it's hard for me sometimes, and I'm a pastor. You know how I pray sometimes? I'll actually pray like an acronym for the word pray, P. It'll be praise. Praise is just, God, you're awesome. Just telling God how amazing he is. R is for repent. I'll repent. God, I repent for anything that's like opposite of you, anything that shouldn't be in my life. I want to repent from that. Um, A stands for ask. That's the part most of us spend the most time on. God, I want this and I want that. Would you do this and would you do that? That's okay. That should be a part of our prayer life. It just shouldn't be everything. And then Y is yield. That's where I just pause can you imagine this? I shut up. And I just, I know. And some say there is no God. And I just listen to God. I say, God, now it's your turn to talk. Let's talk about the one, uh, what R represents. You guys remember what R represented? Repent. So in my moment of repentance, because we'll always need to repent continually, I'll say, God, would you show me anything in me that is contrary to the man that you're calling me to be? And you know what the Holy Spirit will come and do in those moments? He'll convict me. And this is what conviction feels like. Ooh. I don't think I should do that anymore. I don't think I should listen to that anymore. I don't think I should use those words anymore. I don't think I should go to those places anymore. I don't think I should get so mad at my wife for putting my stuff in super random places anymore. <laughs> That's a true conviction of the Lord that he's given me. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think that's conviction. And it's never this like, duh, like you, you idiot. Well, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's, hey, I want to help you. I want to help. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Let me ask you this. You might want to write this down. What might the Holy Spirit be convicting you of tonight? Is there anything? You know, not the thing that will make you want to run from God. He's not beating you up. He's just, hey, do you need me to come and help you with anything? Do you need saving? What might the Holy Spirit be convicting you of tonight? As the band heads up and we begin to close this down, we're getting to that moment that I was talking about at the beginning of this sermon. What else does the Holy Spirit do? The last thing is this, he comforts us. Somebody say comfort. John 16 and verse 7. This is, we just read that verse. I want to read it now in the, in the King James Version, old school version. Here's what it says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, the comforter, somebody say comforter, not the thing that's on your bed, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit, he will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. The, the Greek word for comforter here, it's also the same word advocate, it is the word parakletos, Paraclete, everybody say parakletos, you're speaking Greek, look at that, parakletos is an advocate, an intercessor, a consoler, a helper, or a comforter. And the prefix in this word is the word para. Everybody say para. And the word para means, it's like, so if he's, a, if he's a comforter, he's a comforter, and the prefix para means from close beside. Isn't that cool? That is saying that the Holy Spirit is an up-close comforter. Everybody knows there's a difference between FaceTime and being face-to-face. -face. 
COVID showed all of us that. Everybody knows that there's a difference between texting somebody on praying for you and wrapping your arm around them and praying for them. We get to experience the very presence of God. How? Through the parakletos, through the up-close comforter that is the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but like that is just so cool to me. That's like almost like shattering every preconception I had of God before I went to. I didn't grow up in church. Amber didn't grow up in church. I remember when I first went to church, I had all these preconceived ideas about God. And I thought that God was this really, really big old guy with a giant beard that lived like, I don't know, somewhere in outer space. But he was definitely so far away from me. Especially in my low moments. Especially as, a, as an eighth and ninth grader dealing with severe depression. I thought God was so far. And then I, I get saved and I read verses like Psalm 34, verse 18, where it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. See, God's presence and proximity is possible because of the Holy Spirit. And I just find myself so thankful for that. Here's one more thing the Holy Spirit does as we begin to land this plane. Ephesians 1, verse 13. It says, in him you also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, so you got saved, you believed in him, were sealed. Everybody say sealed. You were sealed with the promise, the Holy Spirit. Back in the day before they had like the postal service and FedEx and Amazon, you know how they would send like letters? They would send it with carrier birds. If you, were, if you weren't, a wealthy person, you would send it with a carrier pigeon. If you had a little bit more money, you had like the Lamborghini of birds. You had like a hawk or an eagle. And they would literally tie these notes and these letters to their leg and they would send them out. Now, even kings of that day would, would send letters in this manner. But what the kings had was a ring with a seal on it. And before they would send that letter, they would fold up the letter, they would put that ring in hot, uh, uh, like oil, kind of like a candle wax, and then they would press the ring onto it to seal the letter. You know why they did that? So if that letter were to get lost or misplaced, if it were to fall, if it were to wind up in the wrong hands, then whoever grabbed that letter would look and see the seal of the king, and they would go, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't mess with that. This belongs to the king. Some of y'all are smart enough to hear where I'm going. The Holy Spirit has put God's seal on your life. So that if you get lost, if you fall, if you end up in the wrong hands, the seal of God is on you through the Holy Spirit so that the devil and everyone around will know they belong to the king. Don't mess with them. And for me, that's so comforting. You want to know what's so comforting to me? Romans 8, verse 14. Let me ask you this. Who are the children of God? Are we all the children of God? I know we like to say that and we like to think it, but like we always do, if we ever have a question, we ever want to know what's up, we go to Scripture. What does Scripture say? Scripture actually says that we're not all the children of God automatically. But Romans 8 and verse 14. For all who are led by the 
Spirit of God are the children of God. There's nothing more comforting to me than knowing that I am a child of God. That when God looks at me, you know how he looks at me? He goes, Corey, that's my son. And, and if, if I'm adopted into, I, I was adopted by my stepdad because my biological father wasn't around. And my stepdad had to sign papers for me to go into his custody and his responsibility. It was him taking ownership for my life. And you know what the Holy Spirit does when we get led by the Holy Spirit? It's like the Holy Spirit is signing the adoption papers, saying, I'm taking responsibility and ownership over their life. And I don't know about you, but there ain't nothing more comforting for me than knowing I'm a child of God. And because of the Holy Spirit, that's sealed. And nobody can unseal that. Is anybody else thankful for that tonight? So let me ask you this. Why would Jesus send us a comforter if we were gonna always be comfortable? I think it's because he knows we wouldn't always be comfortable. He knows life would be tough. He knows that when we serve him, persecution will follow. So we'll need comforting. You might wanna write this last question down. Is there anything you need Holy Spirit comforting for tonight? Because it's what he does and it's who he is. As we close, let me remind you, the Holy Spirit wants to work in us, for us, and through us. And maybe tonight you need empowering. Maybe tonight the Holy Spirit's already convicting you, not the beating you up and I can't believe you, but the drawing you to himself, saying, I need saving. Or maybe tonight you need comforting. I want to tell you tonight, what you're probably already beginning to feel is this like, I kind of want to take a sort of like step, not like literally or physically, but like, spiritually, metaphorically. I want to take a step towards God. Can I tell you what that is? It's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart. The first step in inviting the Holy Spirit is saying yes to Jesus. Remember, the Holy Spirit's not a thing. It's not a something. It's a someone. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus. And he's knocking on the door of your heart right now. It's through the Holy Spirit that we receive salvation because he awakens in us the the desire for him. And some of you are experiencing that right now. He's working in you already. Now he wants to work for you and through you. So would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If that's you tonight, and I'm going to move quickly because everything's coming to this moment, this next moment. If that's you and and you feel like the Holy Spirit is is knocking on your heart right now, I want to invite you to respond and open that door in in a simple but important way. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. You want to say yes to God. Maybe you're feeling conviction for sin. Maybe you're realizing I am not strong enough to make it through life alone. I want the empowering of God. Maybe you right now, you need comfort. Can I tell you, God will give you comfort that gives you peace that makes no sense. If you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. When you get to three, I want you to just lift your hand, put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. So cool. Put your hands right back down. So proud of you. Let's pray a prayer together. Everybody repeat right after me. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. 
Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for receiving me. From this day forward, I'm your child, and you are my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, nobody moving yet. Um, if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey, it's the beginning, and we want to continue this journey with you with something we call the next seven days. It's seven videos that help answer some questions you have. It'll help propel you forward into the faith journey God has ahead of you. Um, we want to get it to you. All you got to do is just DM us the words next seven on our Instagram, and we'll handle the rest. We'll get you these videos. Also, if you don't have Instagram, come chat with me, Amber, talk with any one of our leaders. Say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I want to get the next seven days. We'll find another avenue to get it to you. I don't want anybody to head up yet because there's one more thing I want to do. We're going to move into this moment. I'm going to sit down with you all. Um, my jorts have this cool pocket over here. It's just like, I'll hold your stuff. You worry about making friends. Um, there's so many Christians who live saved, but not empowered. And I would love for that to change for this room tonight. In just a moment, we're going to have a moment. And sincerely, this is one of the only times that you'll hear me say this. This moment is not for everybody. In a moment, I'm going to invite some people to come meet me down the front. Some of our leaders are going to come around, and we're just going to have a moment where we just pray, and we invite the Holy Spirit to come, and we're going we're gonna to ask the Holy Spirit to do two things. Say, would you cleanse me so that you can fill me? Cleanse me? What do you mean by that? We'll get to that in a moment, but... What you need to know is, is many of you just had a moment of salvation, and, and many of you have already experienced that moment. And it's something like, um, something like this lamp that I stole out of my wife's office. There's this extension cord, and I'm going to plug in the lamp. Can you guys all see that through the haze? I was going to say vape, and I was like, no, Lord, you've already convicted them of that. They're going to let it go tonight. All right, I plugged it. I've plugged it in, but no light. <laughs> I want you to imagine that the plugging in is like your salvation moment. You now have access to the power, electricity. You now have access to the power, but I have act, but I haven't access. So I have the access, but I haven't act. Obviously, I haven't accessed it. The light's not on. So what do I have to do to actually access the power? Flip the switch. Ladies and gentlemen, light. <laughs> he said, let there be light. That, how far up can this go? That is how most Christians are living. There's a level of connection, but no access to the power. They have to flip the switch. Look at your neighbor and say, flip the switch. All right, Corey, you're being confusing and mystic. You're being all artsy-fartsy and metaphoric. What do you mean flip the switch? If flip the switch is like how I receive the power, well, how do I flip the switch? Oh, it's super easy. Here's how. God. 
I want your Holy Spirit. That's it. God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? But here's the only caveat. We're, um, we're like, like the container. Actually, when, when, you, when you get saved, it talks about how the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. He makes residence in your heart. And then there's this sort of overflowing, this filling, what we call kind of a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit, where now it's not just in here, it's like overflowing out of us. Like, so for like that to happen, the only thing about the container is that the container has to be clean. I mean, imagine you were to like go pick up a pizza, right? And you go and you walk into Little Caesars and you're like, hey, I'm here to pick up my pizza, um, pineapple, because pineapple belongs on pizza for sure. <laughs> and then the guy's like, oh yeah, you know, the 16 year old with acne making minimum wage goes, I got your pizzas ready. I just got to get the box for it. And imagine you see them go out the back door and you look through the window and you see them go over to the dumpster and open it and they pull out a pizza box and then you see them come back inside, open that pizza box, put your pizza in that box, close it, bring it over to you and go, here's your pizza. I'm not taking the pizza. That box is probably disgusting. The only thing about us, the container, is we have to be clean. But God's the one who does the cleaning. He does the cleansing. Righteousness isn't based on you, it's placed on you. So we're gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And the prayer is gonna be this. Holy Spirit, would you cleanse me and fill me? Would you baptize me in your Holy Spirit? This moment, it ain't for everybody. When I say like for the next five minutes, this is legit just for those of y'all who are about it. Like you want the Holy Spirit. You wanna be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You want the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You want him to lead you and guide you, show you the things in you that are not what God has for you. You want him to make you into the man and the woman of God that he's calling you to be. And you want his comfort and all the other things that come along with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, this is your moment. If not, what I'm gonna ask, just simply hang out in your seat for a couple minutes. Don't distract those around you. But if tonight you would say, Corey, I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you right now. Stand to your feet. Meet me at the altar. Let's go. Hey, leaders, you guys can go ahead and start standing up. Start moving forward. We're going to have some leaders come and just start praying for you guys. This isn't a manufactured moment. This isn't a, a, a weird moment. This is God. Whatever you want to do, I want you to come and fill me. So once you've found just like your spot, your place, like I said, this is like for people who are about it. So nobody's distracting anybody right now. You want the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. Put your hands right out in front of you like you're receiving something from God. Leaders, just begin to go, move throughout, and pray. God, I pray, cleanse us and fill us. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit over each and every one of us, Lord. God, I pray for every single young person wanting your Holy Spirit right now. You are a good Father who loves to give good gifts. You've said the Holy Spirit, it's like a gift. So God, I pray right now, you pour out your Holy Spirit on each and every one of us, God. 
every single one of us. While you're being prayed for right there where you're at, would you just repeat these words right after me? Say this, say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and fill me. Say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and fill me. Say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and baptize me. Right there in your own words, you feel free to just pray, just talk to God. Maybe there's something you need to repent of. Maybe right now, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he's just nudging you. He's showing you, hey, you need to shift this, move this, change this. Go in this direction. He's working in you. You guys stay engaged and keep praying. You guys can even pray for those around you. Feel free, pray for those around you. Baptize us in your Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, we want your Holy Spirit. We don't want something, God, we don't want something manufactured or, or, or weird or, or emotionally manipulated. We just want your genuine, authentic outpouring of the Holy Spirit over our life. Pour it out. God, you've cleansed us. We've received the sacrifice of Jesus. Now would you fill us to overflowing? Here's what I want you guys to imagine is happening right now. When you, when you said yes to Jesus and you got saved, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to envision a cup that water is being poured into. It's like a quarter of the way filled. It's halfway filled. All right, we're still pouring water. It's three quarters of the way filled. Oh man, like it's getting to the top. Like it's, it's about to, wait, it's gonna overflow. I want you to envision a cup is overflowing with water. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart and your life right now. In this moment, I think that there's somebody here who right now you're having trouble. You're, ha you're, like, you're, you're like you're struggling to step into this moment because what is in your mind is your mistakes in your past, your sin, and the things you've done. That is gone. It's done and it's dealt with if you've just said yes to Jesus. He has cleansed you, so there's no shame on you. And he's filling you with his Holy Spirit right now. Now I feel this so strongly. You guys can keep praying, stay in the moment. If this is for you, as I start talking, you're welcome to look up at me. There's some people that God's wanting to empower and he's putting some stuff on your heart and things that you think, you're thinking right now, no way can I do that. Right now, God's showing you something. Like I, I see the Holy Spirit often, the scripture says the Holy Spirit will give us visions, right? Like visions is like, it's like something if you close your, for me, when I close, it's what I see when I close my eyes, not when I open my eyes. And right now in this moment, I see some of, some of, some athletes in the room who are being used on their sports team and you, that's our, like, that just clicked with you because God was already telling you that before I said it. You knew that God was calling you to something with the team that you're on. I see some people right now, God wants to empower you to go reach your family because your family's not saved. And you know that's for you because before I said it just now, the Holy Spirit was already talking to you about your family. God's gonna empower you to do it. I see some people right now, like in my heart, 
uh, that like God is, God is compelling you to do something with social media. Like, I don't know if it's a, like you already, like it's your existing account. If you're gonna create certain content that's not really out there yet, just something that's gonna reach people that it's your age and stage. I know some of you are already doing that and God wants to continue to empower you to do it. I see some people who, God is going to empower you to preach the gospel in places that I can't get to. Preach? Dude, I can't do that. There's a lot of you right now that God's speaking to you and what he's calling you to do, what he's gonna empower you to do, you're thinking right now, I can't do that. Here comes the most encouraging thing you've ever heard Pastor Corey say. You're right. You can't do it. Not in your own power. Earlier today, a couple of our interns, they asked, how you doing, Corey? And I always respond, where's, where's Liv? What do I always say, Liv? I know you're over there praying and you're being serious. Olivia Herrick, what do I always say? How, when you go, how are you doing, Corey? I say, there it is. There's, there's my favorite triplet. <laughs> if you don't know their triplets. I say sensational. And earlier today, some of the interns go, how are you really doing? And I said, shut up, I don't wanna talk about it. I gotta preach tonight. And I said, in the last two years, as Amber and I have stepped into being next-gen pastors, which means we oversee young adults, high school, junior high, and kids ministry, I never feel more inadequate than I do the week before our kids camp. Next week, our kids camp, we'll have between seven and 800 kids. Last year, we had 706 kids at our kids camp. What does that represent in terms of family? Pastor Gary did the math today. He was like, if that represents three or four, it's like 2,500 people that we have the potential of reaching through this kids camp. And I think to myself, uh, oh God, if there's ever anything I'm gonna fail at, it is this. I can't do this. I'm a random skater kid from East Riverside who grew up without a dad who's preaching in joints. What if I fail, God? I'm like, I can't do this. And God's like, definitely. <laughs> like, you can't. Not without me. In the past few weeks, I've felt like God has been reminding me, Corey, I've called you to this more because you were getting comfortable where you were at. Youth ministry, just youth ministry, you, you, man, you were starting to get to the place where you could almost do that without me and I didn't like it, Corey, you need me. So I'm calling you to something. What's the thing that you cannot do if God doesn't come? Some of you, what just happened, I said, how does God wanna use you? And you conjured up an idea that you could accomplish all on your own. That's a really good idea. That's not a God idea. God ideas are the things that if God doesn't step in and intervene and empower you, it will fail. And God's showing some of you stuff right now that is scaring the crap out of you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm in charge, so am I? Okay. Um, <laughs> like, you're, like you are intimidated. Great. If it doesn't scare you a little bit, if it doesn't make you go, God, I'm gonna need you on this one, then it's not a God idea. But some of you have on your heart right now, right now, something that is kind of scary. God will do it. 
If you'll let him, he will strengthen you. He'll empower you. He'll anoint you. So before we move into worship, you know, like, can we do this just for the next few moments? When I'm moving fully into something, would you just close your eyes, lift your hands. The Holy Spirit's in this place. He is moving right now. He's speaking to some of you. Some of you have never had God speak to you like he is right now. He's nudging your heart. He's telling you what he's going to use you to do. He's convicting you in the tr- in real conviction, not guilt, shame, feeling like a scumbag type conviction. In a real way, God's using, like he's convicting you right now. Some of you, you need comforting because you've been going through hell. God's giving you comfort right now. Can we sing just the chorus of the Holy Spirit? Come on, just worship him. Spirit, you are welcome. Come on, worship. Don't get distracted. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. Come on, Holy Spirit. Every single person, will you repeat after me? Say this. Say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and fill me. Say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and fill me. One last time. Say this. Say, Holy Spirit, cleanse me and fill me. In Jesus' name, amen.
really quick if you would just say we don't have time to like fill this up if you would say you feel like the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you in this moment of worship just lift your hand real quick I just want to pray for you okay okay six so that's like everybody that's so awesome dude nothing gets me more pumped than a group of young people who are open to doing whatever the Holy Spirit calls them to do not by their own strength but by his power um 
I'll show you. You can put your hands down just for a quick second. I was praying for my friend Jesse, who's the, who does um, really cool Instagram videos where he goes up to people and he just asks them, you're like, who's God to you? And people will start explaining it to him. To him. Like, you know, God's like my helper. God's like my best friend. And I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to pray that God would pour into him creativity that's not even his own. Um, Amber, what's the thing you've been watching about uh, um, about C.S. Lewis and about Jared Tolkien? You've been watching like a podcast of them. Yeah, Eagle and Child. So it's, it's about Jared Tolkien. If you don't know, C.S. Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote uh, the Lord of the Rings. This or that, Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia? Raise your hand for Lord of the Rings. That's the right answer, just so you know. Chronicles of Narnia? All right, sick, sick, sick. They were both Christians and they're both dope. So um, J.R.R. Tolkien shared his faith with C.S. Lewis and that's how C.S. Lewis got saved. And here was the, the thread that, that, that C.S. Lewis pulled that unraveled into his belief in his faith for God. J.R.R. Tolkien told him, hey man, have you ever thought that these characters and these languages and these worlds and these stories and these fantasies, have you ever thought maybe they're not just your own intellect and creativity, but that they've been given to you by something higher? And C.S. Lewis goes, I've always thought that. That's so crazy. And Tolkien goes, I always thought it too. That's God. God's giving you those stories. God's giving you those, those, God's giving you those characters and those languages. The creativity is coming from the creator. There's some of you that after tonight, you are gonna have courage you didn't have before. Like Peter, you're not gonna cuss out a little girl at a bonfire. <laughs> you're gonna walk in boldness and that is gonna be the evidence that you've been filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. For some of you, you are gonna have creativity, ideas, music, songs, posting social media, art, you're going to have ideas and creativity that is beyond yourself. You're gonna, here's what's going to happen sometimes. This happens to me sometimes when I'm preaching. A lot of times this happens when I'm in one-on-one -on -one conversations with somebody, and I'll say some things. Some of you have probably already experienced this, where you're saying something, and you're talking, you're talking, you're talking, you're talking, and then you get to the end of the conversation, and you go, where did all that come from? And some of you are going to get that after tonight. You're going to walk away with a whole new level of empowerment. It's the Holy Spirit having filled you. So what I think we need to do is almost let this next song of worship be the ceiling. Like God is sealing that on you. And in this moment, that it's going to be the thing that solidifies God from this moment on. Line in the sand. I'm moving forward, filled with your Holy Spirit. So one more time, let's keep worshiping.
Corey went up to a girl and he said, I don't know why I have to do this. I don't know what this is going to mean to you, but God is saying, you are enough. And he had no idea what that moment was going to mean or what those words meant, but he did it. And with a little bit of faith and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, what he did in the natural, God took and made it supernatural. Six years ago, and that was me. And it happened and he maybe had the doubt of it. I didn't know Pastor Corey, he was a complete stranger to me. He didn't know me, he didn't know my life, he didn't know what I was walking through, but he took it and he gave it to God and he said, Holy Spirit, lead me. And now for by the grace of God, I get to stand here before you guys. And that doesn't mean that I have it all figured out. I don't. I may have received salvation from God and accepted Jesus into my life, but that doesn't mean that I am perfect. In full transparency before this service, I was sitting in Pastor Corey's office and I said, I can't do this. Can you get somebody else to conclude the service? Because I can't do it. And the truth is, I couldn't without God, without the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be on this stage right now. Six years ago, without the Holy Spirit, I might not be here. So you, in all of your circumstances, in all of the hard things that you are walking through, you have the best resource on your side and it's close. So be empowered because you have access to the greatest thing that God could ever give you. And listen, he didn't do it just once, he did it twice. God sent you his son. He sent you Jesus. And then when Jesus left, he said, I'm gonna give you my spirit so you no longer ever have to be without me. We serve one who gives us power, one who gives us strength when we need it. So right now, Bridge Youth, because our words have power, I wanna end this moment a little bit differently. 
We're gonna speak this together as a family because I think right now somebody in this room needs to hear this and needs to speak these words out loud because the devil no longer has any hold of you. So right now, everybody's gonna repeat after me. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And believe it in your heart, don't just say it. So right now, a little bit louder so the enemy can hear this. We want the enemy to hear this right now. I am a child of God. Bridge youth, those people that accepted Jesus in their hearts tonight, that is the best decision you will ever make. And right now, all of you just declared that. God heard you from the heavens and sure as heck, I don't know if I can say that, but sure as heck, the devil heard you as well. So right now, Bridge you. now that we are empowered, this is the beginning of this journey and we want to equip you guys for the rest of it. We want to walk with you and watch you as you have just made the best decision of your life. So if you made that decision tonight and you felt that tug on your heart, you can DM us next seven at bridge YTH underscore and we will help you guys walk through this journey. Bridge Youth, with that being said, are you guys ready to worship God one more time? Yes. Just in 